Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Will with ScheduleFly, and I'm really excited today to have Chris Bredesen on the phone. Uh, Chris is out in the South Bay area, sort of south of Los Angeles, and he's got uh, he's got multiple concepts. Uh, he's got the Rockefeller with three locations, St. Rock, Primo Italia, Captain Kid. Uh, he's been at it a long time. He grew up in and around the restaurant business and uh, was kind enough to take some time today to wrap with us and tell a story. So thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man, very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, dude. So yeah, you, so I read uh, an article that you, I guess your dad owned some Burger Kings. Is that right? So you kind of grew up in the business. Yeah. So my dad kind of started, um, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, actually. He applied with McDonald's, uh, you know, 40 years ago or whatever to, uh, to do the franchising route. And uh, McDonald's told him, hey, you know, you're going to have to move to Kansas. That's kind of the territory we have available. My dad being a, a very big California surfer guy, uh, that was kind of a non-starter for him. So the next biggest uh, brand at that time was was Burger King. So he chose to go the franchising route with Burger King and got up to about 15 to 16 of them. And, and uh, that's kind of how I got my start in terms of just watching him, you know, do the restaurants and starting to understand the numbers and see how things make sense and you know how it all works so that's that was kind of the start man what a great foundation for you to build growing up being around that and learning from him that's a what a cool opportunity what what were some of the biggest things that lessons that you learned sort of big picture lessons you learned from him about running restaurants as you grew up well i learned that if you want to grow and and you know some people are okay with 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 having one and and working it and and going that route which is totally great and then i've learned from him that if you want to have multiple that you really got to learn to delegate um you really got to have a strong team in place um you gotta you gotta have people that you really trust and and uh make them believers and and get them on board and kind of bring everybody up um so that's kind of what i learned from him where he really takes care of all of his employees and he's got a uh, a group of core employees, kind of his executive team, you would say. And, and, uh, the better he does, the better they do. And, and, uh, that's how I think you, you get people motivated and allows you to be able to, to do another project, right. Instead of being kind of stuck in, in the same one and not having the time to be able to expand. So that was probably the biggest thing. Did you, um, do you know you wanted to get into this for a long time or do you have other, other plans at any point or was this? Something? No, I, I yeah, I did not actually. I I, uh, I went to I, I was big into surfing, so I was doing some, a lot of kind of pro longboard surfing, and, and when I was younger in high school and all that, and and uh, I really 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 wanted to go to USC. It's just kind of one of my things, and and uh, when I went there, that kind of affected I would say my uh, my professional surfing career, <laughs> just kind of being out a little a little too far away from the ocean and not being able to surf every single day like I was before. Um, and then at that point I was actually kind of doing some events, uh, in college and I didn't know where I was going with that and went to Pepperdine, got my MBA and, uh, was really trying to kind of find myself, I guess you would say. And, um, had a couple interviews with some pretty random companies, I would say nothing to do with food. Um, just very random thinking I was going to be the suit and tie guy and, and, uh, go to work every day and get to downtown LA and do whatever I needed to do. And, uh, it was just funny. I, I had some of these interviews and I was like, people are just kind of looking at me and they're like, this is not you. 
like you, you don't want this we'd hire you but you don't want this we can tell and just had some real real uh conversations with people and at that point um my dad actually had a piece of property that had a potential to do a restaurant on it and i was doing events and um and knew an older guy about 10 years older than me who's my current business partner now and uh said to him he had already owned a couple places called the union cattle company and uh asked him hey do you want to maybe try to open up a local kind of gastropub american restaurant um in this location and he jumped on board and that's kind of how the first rockefeller happened and and then we grew from there so it's a kind of an interesting deal how it all came about but um having him as a partner being 10 years older and having already been in the restaurant industry obviously was very helpful as well. Um, I can't stress that enough to, to really learn from people and their previous experiences and all that. So. No, I bet that helped a ton, man. So when did you, when did y'all open that location? We opened that location in 2011, 2010, somewhere around there. So we're getting up to our eighth year at that location. So you've got, okay, so eight years and you've got six total locations across uh, five concepts. So you guys have really been paddled to the metal. Yeah, you know, another thing for my dad, he always kind of says, you know, when you, when you do something, do it right. But if you can do one project a year, um, you're on a real good path. And, and that doesn't mean open up one restaurant a year. It's just one project a year, right? Something and, and spend a solid year on it and do it right. And then, and then when you feel like you've kind of balanced things out, then you can move on to the next one. So yeah, that's kind of been the goal. Um, I guess we're a little behind <laughs> trying to, if we had eight years, we should have eight, but six is pretty good. And, and, uh, you know, a couple of them have taken like the, the Rockefeller and Redondo we just opened. We're on our, our second week, uh, very successful. It's been greatly, uh, appreciated by the community. Um, but it took us, you know, nine to 10 months to build out. So, um, some of these things take a little longer than expected. Um, okay, so so you've got three of the Rockefellers, and then you've got these you've got three other concepts. Like what what drives that? You know, why not? Why do you not have you know eight years and eight Rockefellers? Um, yeah, so that that's a great that's a great question. So when we first started, we opened up the Rockefeller in Hermosa, um, and then at that point we opened up actually the Rockefeller in Manhattan. And then I had a very big opportunity to uh, take over uh, Captain Kids, which has been around, it's kind of a landmark in, in the city of Redondo Beach. Um, it's right in the marina and it's been around for 45 years. So we bought it. And so that was kind of an opportunity we couldn't pass up. Um, and then at that point, uh, another kind of opportunity came up to, to be able to open up Primo. And after kind of doing all that, we saw we had St. Rock as well with the live music. And then we actually in the past, maybe one to two years kind of looked at each other and went, which one of these brands has the biggest potential and, and, and makes the most sense to expand. Hmm. Um, and, and it is, it is the Rockefeller, you know, by far. Um, it just makes the most sense financially and as well as, you know, just what the concept is and how organized it is and how big the team is now and all that. So, um, that is a good question, and we are now going that route of, of pretty much solely focusing on, on the Rockefeller for expansion. Um, it just makes more sense. And then one day, you know, maybe you get to 10 or something, and, and then you, you find a company that wants to buy it, right? But it's much harder for a company to want to buy, you know, six different concepts and package them in into one. So, 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, tell me about the Rockefeller. So Rockefeller's like an American gastropub. Um, we've really evolved. I think that's kind of the word of the day with Rockefeller is evolve. Um, just literally go, going, growing pains, going through chefs, going through, you know, decor changes, this and that. And, and, and where we are now at the point is, is we have, it's a, a very casual yet sophisticated location. So you got people coming in and board shorts and sandals and you have people coming in and they're in, in their work attire. Um, it has a very quality, you know, clientele, um, just kind of the 30 to 40 year old, you know, working individuals living in the South Bay and, and, uh, people come in, you know, once, twice, three times a week. Um, uh, there's a lot to offer on the menu. And I think what it has evolved into is what our most recent location is, which is the Rockefeller Redondo. So after learning and learning and learning, if you go to Rockefeller Redondo, you're like, okay, that's what the Rockefeller is, and that's what it should be. Um, we're serving Stumptown coffee in the morning. In the morning, we added a coffee bar, pretty much a business inside of a business, and uh, just the decor and the look of it and the feel and the flow of everything. It's it's uh, it's where we want to be. You got the very, we're very into cleanliness. You got the very open kitchen. Um, so you know, it's just it's just the whole concept has kind of come together into that one so our next step is to actually do some upgrades to manhattan and hermosa to kind of mimic it more into what redondo looks like do you um do you have the opportunity where you are i mean that's a you're in a huge area uh the greater los angeles Mm -hmm. area so you can continue to grow uh fairly significantly i imagine in a relatively small geographic footprint out there i guess is that right or um, For sure. So, yeah. the, so the first goal, if if you're familiar with with the South Bay, right, which is you know Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, you got Palos Verdes, you got El Segundo, but it's really those first three cities of Manhattan, Hermosa, Redondo. That's kind of like the South Bay hub. And, and if you are going to do a concept that has multiple locations, you want that was our that was our first kind of goal, right? It was to say, okay, if we're going to do Hermosa, then we're going to do Manhattan, and then we're definitely going to do Redondo. That's like, that's the order for sure. Um, and then after that, you know, yeah, there's a, a, a big opportunity to to choose other cities that you can expand into. I mean, uh, El Segundo is a nice growing uh, community and um, very local. Uh, uh, you know, Torrance is a giant city and, and there's always opportunity in there. Um, Palos Verdes, I actually grew up there, but a little more difficult to, to find the right location in Palos Verdes. Um, but then you can get down to the whole Long Beach area, um, Second Street. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity. Culver City, back up north a little bit. Um, you could definitely have have the brand in a nice um, geographical hub. You know, you would say, which which I think is for someone you know at, at our size, I guess it, that makes sense, right? It doesn't make sense for us to go down and open up something in San Diego or or at this point open up something in Santa Barbara. That that could be way down the line, but it's too hard when, when something goes wrong and, and you have issues and then to have to be able to travel all the time and, and get to things. Restaurants, you got to be on it 24 seven and you got to be on it quickly. And, and if you're not, you know, things can go bad to worse. So um, it's nice having these things be right in our, uh, right in our backyard. Okay. So uh, l- let me ask you that a couple of things um, I want to touch on then as you, as you look to grow like that, you mentioned several cities, you have you know, you know, the area well, you grew up there, but like, 
but then the intricacies of each one of those and finding the right location, like how, how do you do that? Like, how do you know? Ooh. I mean, <sighs> you've got to, you first there's like picking the right location and then there's like, I mean, do you guys, you know, do you lease or do you buy? And I, tell me about that process and uh, how you go about it. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about this for hours, right? So, so we, we own the one in Hermosa or from before, uh, the Manhattan one, uh, we lease the Redondo one. We actually bought the property. Um, making those decisions are just big life business decisions. And how do we make those? I mean, it just depends on so many different factors. Um, nowadays, kind of going into the buying versus leasing. Nowadays, obviously, if you have the funds and or you can find the funds to buy, is just such a better option than mm. it is to lease. Um, I personally think... And this is just my personal opinion and people may disagree, but I think that rents and all that are just astronomically too high. Um, and, and the reason that they continue to go is there's always going to be another guy that's going to be willing to pay the rent. Yeah. I think people have heard that kind of, that people have heard that line before. Right. And uh, usually they, they use the word and hopefully I can say this, but they use the word idiot, right? They go, there's always the next idiot that's going to come and, and pay the giant rent. And, and, and I think that actually kind of, kind of hurts people right more than helps because i think some of these rents are out of control i mean you look at some of these restaurants some of these restaurants are paying twenty thirty thousand dollars a month um in rent and, and what you're doing is you're is you're working for the landlord right if the numbers don't make sense you have to do giant sales to be able to to hit those numbers so those make me really nervous um you know the rent the, the rent has to be really smart um reasonable and that's why i'm i think that if you can buy something which like i said we just did for redondo it makes the most sense even if you may overpay a little bit or whatnot um it's just in the long term that's kind of the right call and then choosing locations i mean you just got to know what you're doing you know uh one my dad actually taught me this one bad location can wipe out two good locations right so the rockefeller redondo you know, was a bad location and very easily was losing money, which a lot of restaurants do. That money that's being lost is being taken out of the profits from Hermosa and Manhattan, right? Luckily, we're not in that situation and they're all doing really, really well, but you got to be careful about that too. And so that's just spending the time in the area and understanding, you know, what other locations are doing and, you know, what the demographic is and, and uh, kind of all these different factors that go into it. And, um, could some of it be, be luck too? Sure. But I think, I think that hard work and the amount, when people see that you're putting effort into something, especially nowadays, there's so much competition. When they see you're putting effort into something, they're more than likely to support you. Right. So if you're, if they go, those guys make a big, big effort, right. The place looks beautiful. It's clean. The service is, is just bar none. And, and they really care about the, the customers and the food is great and, and they make it right if, if something's you know goes wrong and all these types of things. I think people kind of respect that. Um, and it's a lot of work to keep up and do that kind of stuff. It's a ton of work. It's, uh, it's a, I mean, it sounds basic and simple, like, okay, keep your place, you know, keep up with the place, uh, be consistent with food, and provide excellent service. Like, okay. But that's real hard to execute day after day after day. Um, it's real hard. I was just in Manhattan, Rockefeller, and, and just looking at a couple things that needed to be done. I mean, just the constant upkeep. I mean, nowadays, that's kind of what, what my focus has been since we've got all these places open now is going around each one of them and, and, and doing the upkeep that's needed. 
um, you know, constant improvements. And, you know, when you walk into a place that looks like they haven't put an effort in and it's a little dilapidated or stuff like that, you're just going to gonna go, ah, this place is kind of going towards the end, right? We're, we're very focused on, you said, like, I think we, we do atmosphere, we do service and food. Those are like the core three things. And, and uh, I think our atmosphere is fantastic and, and we keep it really clean and our service is unbelievable. We have some unbelievable managers. I mean, just absolute uh, amazing um, uh, men and women that are just killing it for us. And then our food is great too. You know, our kitchen does a really, really, really good job. And and uh, uh, kind of a side note about our kitchen is is we've gone through X amount of chefs is kind of been a good thing and a bad thing is we've kind of kept a lot of like the best items from those chefs. You know what I'm saying? So it's like chef comes in, kind of does his update on some things and it's like, oh, he has a couple killer items. So I think our menu is pretty great because we have a, a lot of a lot of people's best items are, are, are kept on that. So what uh what has been the issue with chefs? I seem to hear that a lot. Like what's what's going on? Well, you know, I don't think we're uh, I don't think the Rockefeller is a very chef driven concept. Mm. Um, so that's kind of number one. Um, but finding the right chef, whew, not easy, right? Uh, we're lucky enough to have found an amazing, amazing, amazing chef, uh, Michelangelo Aliaga. He's, he's our chef at Primo and he, he is just an absolute stud. I mean, he's special. Um, and, uh, he's been recognized, uh, by a lot of different people and magazines and this and that for how special he is and how special the food is at Primo. Um, and so we've kind of been able to, um, look at him and, and, you know, chefs are just like everybody else. They work amazingly hard. And if you find the right one and they care, like he does, he cares about every single dish that comes out, um, you know, then they need to get kind of paid and they need to, to grow. And so luckily he's in a position with us where he's able to grow. And now he's kind of an executive chef of all, um, of all of our locations. And, and, uh, it's been a, a positive, you know, kind of for everybody and, and, uh, you know, we want to keep him around. He is, uh, he's the one and, and, uh, you know, it's not easy to find the right one. And I think we did. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, tell me a little bit about as you, as you, I mean, you, you mentioned a little, you mentioned this kind of at the top, but you know, you talked about your dad teaching you to delegate if you want to grow and finding people you trust, um, talk a little bit more ab- about that and like, wh- how do you, when do you know you have the right people on board that you can trust that you're able to delegate and, and move forward? Because that's, that's a tricky thing. If you, you know, if you do that, yeah. uh, I mean, I understand, yeah. Yeah, the, the concept makes sense, but then if you've got it, you know, if you've got the wrong people in place and you're focused on another project and growing, things could go awry pretty quickly. I, w- I would guess. Yeah, I, I would say the first thing when you're when you're hiring somebody that you're trying to find that's going to be a part of your core team is is commitment, right? So, if they're if they're kind of hey, this is just my job, and you know, I got I got some other things going on today, and you know, I'll get somebody else to cover this or that. It's probably not the right person. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in a position where we're just like kind of my dad uh, was able to do as well as people can grow with us. So if they show they're committed, then they're going to grow. Yeah. You know, we give some ownership, we give ownership out to our, to some managers that are committed and been, and have been around and are succeeding and hitting goals and all that kind of stuff. So there's, there's uh there's some real opportunity with us. Um, and so commitment number one, right. And uh, when you're finding 
you know, when you're finding the right person, for example, kind of the way I test somebody is, you know, like I did today actually is, is I'm, Hey, you know, I'm seeing this is needs to be fixed and maybe this looks a little dirty in this. Right. And then I'll, then I'll follow up 24 hours later. And if it's completed and done, that person has a big check mark in my eyes. Hmm. So now they're committed. Now they're following instructions. Right. But instead of just following instructions and seeming as though I'm just kind of delegating and saying, do this, do that, do that. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to have them get the, the mindset that I have of how important it is to have everything working and clean and, and everything's in its place. And, you know, kind of, that's what restaurants it's organization of restaurants is so important. Right. And customers see that kind of stuff. And so when I, when I know that they're following these instructions and then they're actually start to do it on their own and they're taking the initiative. So now they're committed, they follow instructions and they take, and now they're taking the initiative and I don't need to, to micromanage or any, do any of those types of things. Now you found the perfect person. Gotcha. That is the exact formula of how to find the right person and somebody that should and will be rewarded for that, uh, for that effort, uh, you know, financially as well as, you know, kind of their career growing, et cetera. So, I mean, do you, uh, do you tend to promote more from within or do you find like, what's your philosophy on that? Or, is it, or do you have, uh, I think, yeah, I think promoting from within is, is, uh, you know, 90% the way to go. You'll always find, you know, there, there'll be somebody on the outside that maybe was at another company and, and is the right fit. But when you, when you're promoting from the inside, you're finding somebody that, uh, is already a part of the culture already understands most of the systems. Um, and you just have a better understanding of, of where they're coming from. And, and if they are that right person, um, and plus they deserve it. Right. So if somebody's working really hard for you and, and for the brand and, and, uh, they want to be a part of the family and, uh, then, then they should get rewarded. And, uh, and we're all about that. And, and, uh, you know, we've gone through some managers here and there, and it seems to me that the ones that are, that are a part of the family and, and the ones that show that they really care, those are the ones that deserve to be promoted. And it seems to work out, um, for the best, you know, a majority of the time doing it that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the, um, it's a, it seems to be like, I keep, you know, I'm hearing from folks. I mean, I've talked to folks all over the country and it just seems like everybody keeps talking about it. It's harder and harder these days to find and keep good people. Um, when you're growing like you are, it's perhaps not, I mean, I say it's, I'm sure it's still challenging, but at least they have opportunities to grow within the oh, business. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, the go-getters actually, can see that. Yeah, so sorry to interrupt, but this is is a great point. I actually think in my eyes that I think it's harder to open up one restaurant, like a mom and pop, Mm. than it is to have multiple. Yeah. I just think it is. I think all your costs are higher. It's harder, like you said, to keep motivated people. You know, you're doing, you're just totally held hostage to the amount of sales you're doing in that one store. Um, there's so many factors going to place with that. I, I think, especially with minimum wage going up and especially with, like I, I said earlier about, about rents being so high and just the, just the costs of, of, of the restaurants and stuff. I think whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, right. And, and, and I'm not a huge fan of, even though my dad did the Burger Kings and stuff, but of the giant corporation type restaurants and everything. But 
and I hope people don't think that the Rockefeller is because it's not. It's a very local, local owned and oriented location. But, you know, I think you're going to find that there's going to be a majority of restaurants nowadays are going to turn into that kind of corporate, larger feel. Um, I just think that the mom and pop, you know, they're always going to be around. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to there's not going to be as many as there once was before. You're not going to see a lot of people that, oh, he's the owner of that one restaurant. It's just it just doesn't really doesn't really work nowadays. The costs are too much. The competition's too high. Um, it's tough. It's definitely tough. Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. And you know, you mentioned. I want to ask you about this. I had written this down, and you mentioned it. You know, you you want people to know that Rockefeller's is um it's locally owned, and um and in that article I read or an interview you did, you said it's lo- local um restaurants that focus on locals um so that sounds like it's something that's really i mean it's clearly important to you that your customers know that and i could understand why it's it's number one yeah yeah it's number one i mean but if if you're not why why is that so important it's it's important for a million reasons i mean the locals are the ones that that keep you in business yeah you know the locals are the ones that during the winter time in the south bay when there's not as many tourists or whatever around it's that's the, those are the people that are supporting you and getting you through kind of those slower months. Um, those are the people that come, you know, two or three times a week, you know, and, 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 uh, the servers know them by name or they know the servers by name and, and, and gets you that kind of, you know, cheers, you know, feel, I guess you would say. Mm. Um, and, and then the kind of the icing on the cake then is, is, is the tourists that are, you know, they're coming in and staying at the local hotels and, and then coming in and eating. But, I just think that we, we started this concept, you know, focusing on the locals. It, it's just, it's in our DNA and it's who we are. You know, we all grew up, you know, in the South Bay and, and uh, we're pretty much, you know, serving, you know, our friends. Um, and uh, we have a lot of real solid supporters in, in all the beach cities. And, and uh, we're so thankful for that. And, and uh, it's what keeps us going. Yeah, for sure. I think people are more, dialed into that these days I mean, the discern you know customers want to know who they're doing business with and who's behind the business and it seems like people pay more attention to that nowadays um i completely yeah i completely agree you know but and then so that's what you have to be careful with is when when you know kind of bringing it back the uh when you got too many of these corporate restaurants and everything right and you know it's just it's just kind of sheep just kind of pushing them in and pushing them out type thing right and uh yeah that's just not that's not who we are right we're 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 the opposite where every single customer matters because they do every single customer matters and and uh you know if if we have a certain numbers that we have to hit and stuff and and that's because of of those people it's because we make an effort with every single one so um i got a quick side story actually is is our man that's so instilled in us that uh we've been so busy at the rockefeller redondo that somebody ordered kind of one of our famous uh, chocolate chip cookies it's a giant chocolate chip cookie homemade every single day and, and uh it the option is to add ice cream on top and and the customer's like yeah i'd like to get ice cream and you know we had just opened we we're kind of selling our soft opening and and uh oh i'm sorry but we we've just run out and they're like oh that's really disappointing and uh, the manager's like just hold on tight really quick and the manager ran down uh to the market and, and uh you know bought just just vanilla ice cream and, and threw it on top and let the person know it's not our normal we put on and and they couldn't have been any more thankful and they're like that just doesn't happen 
Um, yeah, man. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, that's a great story of on so many levels. One is it's, it's uh, going above and beyond. I mean, you could have easily just said, okay, we just can't, you know, we're too busy. We can't do that. The customer would be fine, no big deal or whatever. But to, to make it an exceptional experience for that customer wins, you know, the customer for life, of course, plus your manager had the all. You clearly have, going back to your point, I mean, that's a manifestation of the trust you've put in your folks to have the autonomy to make split-second decisions like that and do what they need to do, uh, which is yeah, a I great, mean, great example. That was with a that was with a full restaurant, right? During yeah. Like an opening week, soft opening. And, and yeah, he he's the right guy. Yeah. He is absolutely the right guy, right? You find that's called, that's commitment, that's going above and beyond, uh, and that's somebody that deserves – uh, um, you know, a definite pat on the back and, and, uh, to be a part of the team and, and to reap the reward. So, and, and that's, that's happening. So. Oh, I love that, man. That's a great story. That's a fantastic story. Um, what has, um, I, I want to respect your time, so I'm gonna let you go here real soon, but you grew up in the business, you knew a lot about it, but what, 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 if anything over the last, you know, eight or so years has surprised you about owning and running restaurants, Chris? What has surprised me? If anything. Hmm. I think the amount of repairs. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of surprised okay. me. Fair enough, man. You they happen really, all the time. You know, kind of, a, yeah, kind of a random answer, but the amount of repairs that, that are going on all the time. Uh, and we keep, I mean, we we have a preventative maintenance company. I mean, we, we have a cleaning crew. I mean, we got everything, right? We, we, we go the extra effort and there's still just like, it's crazy. Um, so it's kind of a nonstop, uh, 24 seven, uh, commitment. So I'd say that that's one of them too. And, and, um, yeah, that's probably what surprised me the most. Um, the other thing too is, is just social media and stuff, uh, has, is a big, you know, it's just so important. It's, uh, abnormally important. And, uh, you know, Yelp reviews or, 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 uh, you know, Google places reviews or all those types of things, Facebook, Instagram, you know, you just have to keep up on it and, and reply to people. And even when you get something that kind of, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, you know, did that really happen? Or, you know, you just got to go with it and, and, uh, get back to those people and reach out. And, and, um, um, I think, you know, I didn't realize that that, was such a big job you know we actually have a marketing person that does all of that uh for us and our managers do that as well and so that was kind of a shock to the system as well to be like it's almost like a full-time job doing that you know with all these places so yeah gosh that's a that's a well that's a whole other topic the social media part that is a whole other topic <laughs> no it really is man it's a it's a challenging thing to figure out i would i would assume um yes um well um well, look, man, Chris, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, I just respect what you've done a lot. Uh, I really enjoy talking to you. I learned a ton from you and everybody listening will as well. And, um, man, you just clearly have a lot of passion, you know, authentic passion for what you're doing. It just, you know, it just comes across very naturally and sincerely. So thank you for taking the time to do this, man. Thank you for, I mean, we just, we love serving folks like you and I appreciate the business and, just really enjoy having this conversation and, uh, and I just, yeah. You know. Well, thank you for having me and, and, uh, thank you for, uh, what you guys do, which is to make our lives just a little bit easier. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Glad to have the opportunity yep. to do it for sure. For sure. Yeah, no, it definitely saves us some, saves us a bunch of time and, and 
organizes things better and and uh, we really appreciate it well look um listen i will uh i appreciate that very much thank you for saying that i'll let you roll yep. but you know anytime i can do anything for you let me know um i've actually got something i'm going to follow up with you on off uh you just offline uh Okay. Something we're working on. I don't want to get your thoughts on, but I'll shoot you a note about that. But I'll let you go, man. Y'all have a good day, good rest of the uh, week. Do some good business, have some fun, and uh, tell me if I can ever do anything for you. Thank you very much. All right, Chris. Take care, man. Okay. See you.